have into the question, why am I here? You ever wonder that? Why am I here? I'm glad all of you have wondered that. But uh, why am I here? And, and, and so have you ever wondered that question? And so I want to give you three words today that help you answer the question why I'm here. The first word that I want to give you this morning is this knowing. What do you mean knowing? Number one, number one is just knowing Luke chapter nine, verses one to two says one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out demons, to heal all diseases Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So all throughout Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see Jesus doing something. Jesus gives his his disciples three simple things to do. First thing he told them to do, preach the gospel. Preach. It means just share. The second thing he says, cast out demons or devils. And then he said, and then heal the sick. So Jesus was not just referring to them. He's referring to all of us as well. And so what do you mean by that? All all of you, we are, how many you know that we're three parts? We're spirit, soul, and body. And so what he's saying is we preach the gospel that that refers to the spirit. That you you minister to the spirit of man. And, And then it casts out demons that refers to your mind or your soul. You know, how many of you know that we all have a battle going on and we all hear voices and those voices speak to us from the time we get up in the morning throughout the day. And that's why we need to hear and learn to hear the voice of God. Amen. That we learn to distinguish God's voice, our voice and the devil's voice. And we go, wait a minute. That is not the voice that I need to be listening to. And so what happens is, is God wants us to set people free through this in their spirit and in their soul, in their body. God wants to help, how many know God wants to help people? God just wants to help people. How many know? Look at your neighbor and go, you need help. You look at your other neighbor, you didn't want, think they need help, say, you need it real bad because I wasn't going to talk to you today. And see what happened? Did you know? See, God wants to set people free. God wants to help people. This is what was called, that's what he's called them to do. That's what we've all been called to do. In other words, here it is. Did you know that God called them to be something before he called them to do something? God's called you to be something before he wants you to do. See, we're all about doing, but God wants you to be something. And I'm not trying to play with words or anything. See, let's look at Mark chapter three. I'm going to tell you, I'm taking you to Luke, going to Mark, and we're going back to Luke. And then we got a few others. All right. And so what happens is Mark chapter three, verses 14 and 15 And he appointed 12, whom he also named the apostles, so that they might, look at that word, be with him. Be with him. That he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. See, the power to do comes from the power to be. Number one priority, to be with me. In other words, here's a priority. I'm to be with Jesus. You're to be with Jesus. You got to be with him before you can do anything. Hello? That means you spend time with him. That means you get to know him. You see, you, have you ever, you have to know the Prince of Peace because many, I, I'll just say this. If you don't know the Prince of Peace, there's been many rulers throughout the centuries that have come that did not know the Prince of Peace. And what they did is they wreaked, they wreaked havoc on society. You just look at history, wars and things that happened. And, and you even look at, how many know, there, how many know that, that we live in a time when there's just a lot of confusion? You don't even know if you can go to the bathroom anymore and be safe. 
I mean, I'm just going to say it like it is. I mean, I mean, I look at it now in our society and I go, wait a minute. I'm starting to see when they say that good will be evil and evil will be good. Are you hearing me? I mean, last I mean, yesterday I was thinking about it. I went to two weddings in one day yesterday. And so I'm going in the in the, and I'm like, it still said men on there. Didn't have a question mark. And I was making sure my wife and my girl were going in there and no one was coming. I'm serious. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just, you know what I mean? Because I, I just, I, we live in, I mean, can you imagine that, that, you, that, that somehow we've justified that it's all right? Let me tell you something. You know, Target, they made their stand. You know how many, how many billions of dollars they lost in a month so far? Four billion dollars. And the owners, the, the CEO's digging his heels into the ground and saying, I'm not changing. I'll go, well, good. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people that sign a petition. Many of them, most of them are Christians. And some people just have a fear of God. And some people go, hey, something ain't right about that. You know what I mean? But here's the, here's the power of the, here's the power of the per- See, what Target's fixing to do, have a big old sale. And you know how many you know people like buying things when they're cheap? So are we going to just make, are we just going to be verbal or are we going to really stand where the pocketbook is and really make a stand? You go, well, pastor, you're going off a little bit. I am. But I believe this is that I know that, that, you know, when you have people that are making decisions and telling us how to do things and what to do without even being voted on, that's a dictator. Thank you, man. And so what happens, I just said power without. See, if you don't know the prince of peace, let me just say this power without peace is poison. Power without peace is poison. What do you mean, Pastor? But this power comes from being connected to Jesus. And see, to know Jesus, what thinks, you know, it's like this. If, if you have. If you have this thing, it's called an extinction cord right here. I just unplugged it. Is that okay, Virginia? You can come back. Okay. This thing right here. Listen, this thing right here is called an extension cord. And whatever it's plugged in, there's power in the extension cord, right? If I had an extension cord, and I can plug other things into it. And it's got power. If it's not plugged in and you take the other end, guess what? If you try to put on a lamp, the lamp's not going to work. If you try to do the keys, I'm glad they don't work because I can't make you music. And you're glad too, believe me. Someone, a little girl asked me, are you going to sing this morning, Pastor Bob? I go, no, all the birds and the trees would leave. See, all of us are extension cords. What do you mean? You are an extension of God's power to love. Not only to love, to to have grace, to give truth, to give peace, to give compassion. If I'm not plugged in, if you're not plugged into the source. There's no power. And you know what this world is sick and tired of? People that proclaim things but don't have the power to back it up. One of the greatest Threats in America today is that we call this the pulpit. This is the thing where pe- preachers share and stuff like that. But you know that pulpits are that are being silent to what really means to be a follower of Jesus and how to love God, how to l- be a husband that loves his wife. You understand me? 
We need to get back to, and what I want to talk to you about is just getting, you have to stay plugged in to have power. I know this, I'm going to go on vacation this year and I always bring my Bible on vacation. I mean, you know, if, if I'm on vacation, that doesn't mean I just stop doing what I normally do. Does that make sense? Because sometimes I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. I've learned that, you know, when I'm on vacation, I bring a good book. I have a routine. I read. I read my Bible every day. I pray every day. I read. I don't just I don't just read my Bible to get a message. Hello. I read my Bible before I study my message this morning. And you're hearing me. I have a routine. I said, I'm just going to read maybe what God I'm in Isaiah right now. And, and then, no, I'm in Jeremiah. I'm in Jeremiah. Yeah, just in here. Yeah. I was in Isaiah before, but I'm in Jeremiah now. Quit laughing at me, John. And so what happens is, is that, you know, it's like I want to be connected. I want to get plugged in. Because, see, just because you go on vacation, you know, you still need to be plugged in. I mean, you know, if you don't stay plugged in, I'll just say this. There's some of you, you go days without being plugged in and you wonder why there's no power in your life. Because you know why? Because you're not plugged into the source. And so then you wonder, why am I tempted more? Why are all the, why am I angry? Why am I agitated? My husband just doesn't look handsome anymore. You know, my kids, they just irritate me. I brought them in the world. I'm going to take them out. You know what I mean? I mean, all these different things that you're thinking about. But why? Because you're not plugged into the source. Are you hearing me? We need to be plugged into the source. We need to know where power comes from. Power comes from being connected to Jesus. The second thing I want you to know is, that, is, is this. You need to be knowing and you need to be growing. See, give, I want to give you three words that help you understand your Christian walk. John 15 says, that, I am the vine, you are the branches. He said, whoever abides in me and I in him... He is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen to me. What do branches and vines do? They grow. They grow. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. Just like the extension cord. Same extension cord without without me, you do nothing. That's what he's saying. Without me, without him, you're not going to grow. See, a lot of people, they want to be connected to the source. And how many you know branches can't produce fruit if they're not connected and have a root? And see, what happens in Second uh, Peter, it says this. He says, Second Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should be growing. That means here's a couple of things you could be. Doing. You can be going to church. You can get plugged into a life group. You can go to next step. You can serve on a team. We should be growing in our relationship. You should be growing and sharing with your people that you work with. That you, you know, and it's like you don't just, I've learned this about life. If I want to reach someone and I have a long-term job with someone, I've got to be a good listener. I'm not there to lay statements and tell them, hey, you... You, you know, whatever kind of person you center, you know, whatever. I'm there for the long term and God's put you in there for the long term to be able to talk to people, to be able to listen to them, to get to know them and to be able to share with them and live the life that Jesus has called you to live. Because people are watching. 
And most people will not come to you when things are going well. People will come to you when things go south. And see, we should be growing. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Here's a question. Are you still growing? Are you still growing? Are you still growing? Are you humble? Are you, can you receive? Can you receive correction? See, I've learned this. When you try to correct someone, they either look at it as rejection or direction. And people see correction as rejection means that they, they, they can't receive because they're not, they're not willing to listen and humble themselves and be real about where they are. And so they see it as they're rejecting me because they said something that hurt me. The Bible says better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of your enemy. So if you want people to kiss up on you, you can find many of them. But if you want someone to tell you the truth about yourself, ask a four year old. They'll tell you the truth. Your breast stinks. My little girl, I put her to bed sometimes and I go, good night. And she says, daddy, you need to go brush your teeth. Thank you, Olivia. First, Peter says, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it, you may grow up into salvation. What does that mean? Just like a baby desires milk, we should desire to grow in the word. Are you all with me? This is real simple stuff, guys. And see what happens. We grow when we are with him. You know, my relationship with my wife grows when I'm with her. When I drink coffee with her and we spend time and the kids aren't around, they're still sleeping in on a Saturday. What a perfect day to have some coffee with your wife. Come on. Or your husband. Before you get before you have to do all the chores or things like that. We grow when we are with him. You know. Disciple, how I many you know disciples needed to grow? We look at them when they were just perfect. They weren't perfect. Now, if you read between the lines, if you just read, let, let me show you. Luke, Luke chapter 9, verse 49. It says, John said to Jesus, Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons. But we told him to stop because he isn't part of our group. In other words, he doesn't come to our church. He doesn't come to our Savior's church, Eunice. So we chewed him out real good for you, Lord. Jesus told them, you idiots. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, if he is not, listen, if he's not against us, he's for us. Hello. Can you imagine the impact the church would have if we could dividing and came together to win the world for Jesus Christ? If we were, we were let, we'd be less concerned with the church down the road is doing instead of just being critical of them. We would pray for them and we could work together with people. Hello. You see, Luke 9, chapter 52 and 54 said, and he sent messengers ahead of the Samaritan village to prepare his arrival. But the people of, village, of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire? From heaven to burn them up. How many of they might need to have a little compassion? Jesus didn't come to consume people. 
He came to help people. And what does that mean? The more you're like Jesus, the more you will learn that, that he's here to help people. Matthew 9, are y'all with me? Am I going too fast? Matthew 9, 19, 13 says, One day some parents brought their kids to Jesus so he could lay hands on them and pray for them. But disciples scolded, scolded the parents for bothering him. And you know, it's like this, Hey, little girl, get away from Jesus. Hey, go. He don't have time for you. How many of you know that eventually the disciples did grow? Acts 17.6, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. You know, all the disciples but John died a martyr's death. Let me just share their commitment. Maybe you didn't know how they died. Matthew, the tax collector, was killed by a sword in Ethiopia while preaching. Peter was crucified upside down because he felt unworthy to die the same way his Lord had died. James the Great was beheaded in Jerusalem. Bartholomew, who was also called Nathaniel, was flogged to death. James was thrown over a hundred feet down from the temple and he refused to den- because he refused to deny his faith. When they discovered he survived, they, they fe- his enemies fell and beat him with clubs and killed him that way. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India on a mission trip. Andrew was whipped severely by seven soldiers in Greece, then crucified. Andrew's followers reported that as he was being led to the cross, he said, I've long desired and expected this happy hour. He continued to preach to his tormentors while he was on the cross two days until he died. They grew up because they were with Jesus. The last thing. So it's knowing, growing, and the last one is called glowing. I'm a genius, huh? I had three things that rhyme. No, I'm just teasing. There'll be something you won't forget, though. Glowing. We are, the, we are to be the light in a dark world. What am I? John chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, he gives light to everyone who was, com- who was coming into the world. We're, we are not the light, but we know the light. And the more you know him, the more you shine. You see, we are the moon and he is the sun. We are just a reflection of the light. That's what we do. We're just a reflection. But we have to be around the light in order to, you have to know the light, to reflect the light. You don't have this watch. And this watch, you know what? If I, I know this, my watch has no ability to produce light on its own. But if I put it up to a light or I put it out in the sun and I go in a closet, it glows because it's a reflection of what it has those little chemicals. I don't know what it is. Glow, glow, glow chemicals. I don't know. And, and my watch glows as long as it's been around the light. My watch has no ability to produce light on its own. It only has the ability to reflect the light. 
See, you're saved by grace. But can I say, but some of you aren't glowing anymore. I love you. I love you. And I'm going to talk real truthful to you. Some of you just aren't glowing. Hello. See, most of y'all say when it's real good, funny. Hey, man, Pastor, I didn't know amens right now. But maybe it's been a long time since you've spent time with Jesus. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to provoke you. You need to spend time with him every morning. Then you'll glow in this dark world. What word, what one word do they describe the face of a pregnant woman? Yep, who can tell me? They glow. She glows. They glow in the dark. If you don't, if you don't know it, pregnant women glow in the dark. No. But they glow. I remember one time I had a word for a lady and and, and I thought she was pregnant and she wasn't. I was going to pray for her and pray for a baby. And, and she goes, I'm not pregnant. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I have dug my heels deep. And now there's guys around me, you know, like, I'm like, oh, God. And then she tells me she has cancer. And so, like, I'm going deeper. So I prayed for her and got out of that. I don't know. It ended up good, but it was bad. So if you have a word for a pregnant lady, make sure she's pregnant before you have a word for her. Why do pregnant women glow? I'll tell you why. They glow because they've been intimate with their husband and there's life inside of them. And people recognize it. The Bible says Adam knew Eve and she conceived. See, the, see Acts chapter 4, listen to what it says. Acts 4, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Remember, Mark chapter 3 said that he had pointed 12 so they might be with him. They'd been with God. Life was glowing inside of them. And guess what happened? People recognized it. People recognize it. You know what? You know why? You know why we're here? I'll just say we're called to know God. We're called to know God. Just know God. You know, my little girl's turning 11 years old and, and she's, I can notice like she's, she's not pulling away, but she's just growing up. And those times I used to have with her and, Hug her and she'd hug me. It seems like it's getting less. Like I'm still doing it, but she's like, it's not as important right now. Hello. I know one day it'll be more important again. But I'm still pursuing her. Telling her she can do anything. I love her. She's cute. Give me a hug. Give me a kiss. You know, when I go to bed, Daddy, I don't want to kiss you. You got those whiskers. Me and mom want you to shave that thing off. Yeah, but I asked Luke. He said he likes it. So here we go. And, and, and one of the things is that 
I know that I have to do is I have to continue to pursue knowing her. So, because she does have those moments where she talks. And if you've ever been around women, men, when they talk, they talk. Luke and I have talked about it. We're talking about it last night. We're talking with, with, with Zach, my son. He's a campus pastor in Crowley, and he was talking about they ha- he has five kids, and he has one little girl, and she's right in the middle. And, he, and the boys are like, Eli, my oldest grandson, says, oh, God, Amelia keeps talking. Oh, my gosh. You know, and that, now he's got his, all his other brothers. Goes, oh, she's talking. You know, I've learned to do if I'm going to talk to someone. It's important that I don't have an opinion before I listen. Because I'll be honest with you, I've had opinions. I thought when I first got married, I thought, well, my wife's just talking to me. I'll give her four things she needs to do and that'll get me off. her. She'll get off my back with that. That don't happen. I learned that I need to listen to her because it's like a cleansing. Just to get that off. And my words, even like the scripture says in Ephesians, like oh, it's the word, the, God's word is like a washing. So when, when they're able to speak, and so it's me getting to know my wife. When I allow her to speak, I get to know her. I get to know what's going on inside of her. Hello? But I need to know. And see, the question is, are you really growing? Are you growing in your faith? I know there's a lot of people. I, I talked to some guys this week. They said, you know, I'm, I'm, I got a reading plan. I was with a guy named Jordan. just gotten saved recently. And heard, heard at first message you ever heard when he was talking about her. He heard Pastor Jamie's podcast. Then he said, then I listened to you. Then I decided to come to church. And, man, I met Jesus there. I mean, he's on fire for God. He's red hot for God. Are you growing? Are you growing? No one can answer that but you. And the question is, when did you stop glowing? When? What made you pull away to make you be a reflection of who he is? There's been times when I've had the opportunity to help people or to bless people. And I always tell them this. It's not important that you remember me. I want you to remember this. When you were in need, God sent someone that knows him to come help you. All I am is an extension of his hands and his feet and his mouth. But it's Jesus that did this for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that, you know, that it's so important that people know that. And here's my challenge to you this week. If you know who you, why you're here, you're to know God, you're to grow with God, and you're to glow for God. And when you do that, guess what? You'll, you'll attract people to God. 